0: Hi, I'm Dina. Hi, I'm Marius. We're friends living in Amsterdam. And I'm glad to present our podcast, Surviving the City. Stories for surviving life in a new place. We hope you enjoy.
1: Yeah, the, the more means that are in place to combat loneliness, the better. So even if we're talking about it in a podcast, it can only help.
0: <laughs> Welcome to episode three um, on loneliness. So the reason that we picked this topic was actually triggered by a project. It's called the Loneliness Project, and I found it online, and it's this website, actually, that you can go to, and it's really cute. They have a little picture of a house, and in each of these windows you click on, you get a different story of somebody's experience with loneliness, and the whole idea behind this project is to destigmatize the topic and to really share that it's a human experience that everybody has. Um, and so for this, we invited a friend of mine, Johannes from Belgium and um, just wanted to chat about what loneliness means to him and how he's experienced it. We hope you enjoy.
1: Well, um, hi, I'm Johannes, I'm 33 years old. I'm a writer, recently gave up my job to focus on writing full time, and um, apparently I was chosen to have some opinions on loneliness, don't know why. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and do you have any experience in your life where uh, you felt uh, this situation?
1: Well, that would mostly be um, my secondary school experience. So Mm -hmm. that's from uh, 12 to 18. Yeah, Um, because in my primary school, I had basically one friend who I would always hang out with. And uh, we were the best of friends, but we would always just sort of be on our own. So I didn't really learn how to, you know, make friends or socialize. And I was fine. I didn't question it. I didn't even realize that I was supposed to be doing that. So then, when secondary school started and my friend went to a different school, suddenly I was left all on my own. And in with a bunch of people that I didn't know how to relate to. And yeah, that's, I think, that was one of the more lonely periods of my life. Also because it involved uh, being bullied in for the better part of two years, which um, also kind of has an influence on that because you tend to shut yourself off a little more, okay. if that's the case. So I have to say the first two years of secondary school were the loneliest because after that um, I ended up in a class full of girls where I was the only boy. And, um, well, the bullying sort of went away and um, they... So it's special if you're just like... One like one gender in a room full of other, mm-hmm. for the other gender, of one of the other genders, let's say, <laughs> and um, they t- sort of took me under their wing, and um, that made me feel a lot less lonely. But yeah, so the first two years of secondary school, I would have to say, were the loneliest of my life.
2: How did you deal uh, with uh, with the people and being bullied?
1: Well, it would uh, cause me to turn in like uh, turn more inward and. Mm-hmm. Um, Well, I did have a lot of stuff, like um, a fairly rich inner life in the sense that um, I would always rely on my imagination. And I think that's like a common thing. You sort of escape into your own Mm worlds. And um, I also played a lot of video games, which was a a lot of fun, something that I could do on my own. But of course, that ended up alienating me from people around me even more because I was, not a lot of people were playing the kind of games that I was playing, so I couldn't talk to yeah anyone mm-hmm. about that.
0: What were you playing? Sorry. Um,
1: <laughs> well, mostly uh, first-person shooters, but everybody was playing console games and I was playing PC games oh. and I think that's where the major difference true. was. True.
0: When I was a kid, ev- all the kids in the neighborhood had different consoles, so we would like swap houses to yeah. play on
2: the different consoles. Yeah, it's true for me also. Yeah. We were shifting around houses, playing different kind of uh, concerts. Tip for you next time. <laughs> yeah, I, mean,
1: I, did, I did end up going to people's houses and they had like a Nintendo or something. And that's where I, oh, this is another thing. But I was mostly like a PC gamer. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember there were these uh, English gaming magazines called PC Gamer, PC Zone, what mm. have you. And mm-hmm. they would yeah. be... Uh, They were were published in Britain, but they would be brought over here, and I would buy them and read them. So I would usually sit at a playground reading an English PC gaming magazine (laughs) so I can kind of get that people would look at me and go like,
2: okay.
0: This experiences of you being lonely, um, did you learn anything from it or learn anything about yourself from that?
1: Well, I guess my main takeaway was that I kind of learned to be all right on my own where I knew, because of course I had a, a loving family, but it's not the same if you know your peers, the people that you're around with 40 hours a week in school, if they don't relate to you in a, any kind of way. So it's different because you kind of feel excluded, whether, as, whether it's your family, of course you're supposed to be part of it. So that's different in my mind, but um, it taught me how to be uh, all right on my own. And um, I think that's helped me in later years. Because it kind of makes you realize that you shouldn't make your happiness dependent on other people. And I think it helps for everyone to sort of learn to be all right on their own. Of course, my experience of getting to that was uh, less beneficial. I mean, there's other ways to do that, of course, than being bullied and excluded.
0: So, what do you. So, I, you're, you made an interesting statement about uh, what was it learning to. Uh, not depending on other people for your happiness. Yep. So what? What do you mean? Like, how do you? What do you do now that that doesn't depend uh. on that? Where do you get that happiness or that uh, fulfillment?
1: Well, um, as I mentioned in my uh, brief intro, I recently quit my job so I could focus on writing full time. And writing has always been sort of a constant in my life. Something I've always been able to turn to. Something that I was that was just for me. That didn't depend on anyone else. It was writing for as long as I can remember um, when I was in single digits age wise I would always write stories based on comic books or movies that I had uh, hmm. uh, read or seen and then as soon as there was a typewriter in the house my parents would go crazy because I'd constantly be slamming away at the typewriter <laughs> Then we got a computer <laughs> I would type out stories on, the, on those and of course play games on them as well so writing has always been like a thing I could turn to and that was just that was for me it wasn't for anyone else and even mm-hmm. now, it's something that I focus on full time and I still love doing it. So I guess that's the uh, um, the rich inner life that I mentioned earlier is that I can just focus on that.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, what I hear from you also is like uh, all these situations a- along your life uh, shape you a little bit, your character, and uh, you know yourself better.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, you're mm-hmm. kind of forced to get to know yourself mm-hmm. before you can throw yourself out into any social situations. I look back on what I was doing in my teens and my 20s and like, what is that guy doing? I had no idea. And you learn by doing. It's just that I'm kind of a late bloomer in that sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's only in recent years that I've started feeling like, a, you know, the, like I'm putting out a version of myself that I agree with. They're like, okay, this works. This I can work. Because <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing in my 20s.
2: Do you think it's a topic that uh, should be uh, like, uh, like people should share more uh, about it? Well, Do, yeah, you know, to this, this stigmatize a little bit the topic.
1: Well, I think it's going to be like um, on a societal level, I think it's going to be a huge problem moving forward because it's a very, it's turning into a very individualist society where so loneliness is going to be a big problem moving forward where uh, a lot of people are going to become isolated and more easily dismissed. Hmm. So, yeah, the the more means that are in place to combat loneliness, the better. So even if we're talking about it in a podcast, it can only help.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good point, actually. People are very lonely and it is good to share it. And everybody experiences it in a different way. It can be very extreme to super social anxiety, to I feel awkward sitting alone at lunch but maybe if I hear the person with anxiety I'm like well I do experience a little bit of what they're experiencing on a smaller level so then mm-hmm. I could kind of understand or, or relate to the person mm-hmm. instead of meeting them at a party like whoa what is wrong with this person they can't like <laughs> speak at all and just thinking like what a weirdo <laughs> but see. actually like we can relate
1: I think what also helps in that regard, considering you know the um, the path that I've had to walk, is that you tend to sort of relate to people who had similar experiences, and you make accommodations for them. Like if you realize that someone is struggling in a social situation, I always try to you know, like approach them on, on like a little more on a lower level and uh, try to make them. Uh, at ease as much as I can because I understand where they're coming from. So I think sharing your experiences helps in that regard too, because it allows you to be mindful of people who might not have an easy time of it when they're socializing. It seems to come so easy to some people, whereas Mm. others really struggle with it. But if you help these people, if you um, are aware of what they're going through and you make accommodations for their experience, then, then then everyone gets helped.
0: So I really like um what Johanna says and it it actually does remind me of a of this one time I was in Mexico um and I was on vacation and we were out with some some friends, well, friends of of a friend, so I didn't really know them. And I remember in that situation, um, I mean, it was really it was really minor, you know, it's not a big thing, but I felt there I felt quite lonely or I felt like an outcast and very much an outsider, because on my side of the table, um, everybody was actively speaking about stuff I, I had no idea, some topic. And then at some point, they were also um, switching and mostly speaking in, in Spanish, mm-hmm. and also the, the local, um, di- well, the Mexican Spanish. And I mean, I can understand bits and pieces, because um, I do understand Spanish. But in that moment, I felt really yeah, I felt like an outsider. I felt really bad, and and I I remember the feeling also of being aware that I felt like an outsider and that everybody knew it, and it kind of like multiplied in my head, and it made me even feel more hesitant about speaking or saying anything. So I was very quiet the whole time, and I felt really bad. Um, but I do remember in that moment there was the guy sitting across from me, and he's a very very sociable person. And at some point, like, I think he could sense it. And he really looked over at me and started asking me questions like, hey, so, you know, where in Amsterdam do you live? How long have you been there? Or what do you think about this? You should visit this place in Mexico. What have you seen? So I could, I could really tell that he was making a, an active effort to make me feel included, mm-hmm. which I've really appreciated. And I could tell that he, he was like, he had the empathy. And that was exactly what Joanna says is, if you can sense um, somebody else feeling isolated or lonely, even in a small uh, situation like that, that you can do stuff, you can accommodate them because you understand. And not everybody, not everybody has that, but it's really important to kind of develop um, a skill. And, and I'm sure like, Here in in Amsterdam, you know and you've been in situations where a lot of people are the outsider and they don't really speak a language of the group Mm -hmm. or... Um
2: And it can be also like uh, different uh, moments in your life, uh, for instance, uh, going alone in a party or in a cinema or even having a lunch uh, alone in your office. These little situations that we face day to day, that uh, this empathy can play a role. Yeah. yeah. So I think from that I learned,
0: well, I mean, I already knew it, but I think his action kind of reminded me that hey, if I'm in a group, and there's somebody who I can see is feeling left out or is an outsider. I I can try to make them feel included somehow. And it's always more difficult. It's easier if you're in the group to reach out than it is. I think the for you to be the outsider trying of. to reach in. Right. Yeah,
2: it's always possible, but uh, it's. I think it's. Uh, like uh, better, or it feels more like warm if uh, the people that is in the group approach. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. The lone uh, person. <laughs> and now, guys, it's time to reflect on it. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and you can always find us on Facebook. And see you in the next episode of Surviving, Surviving the City. The city.